Well, hello and welcome to the Friendly City Insider Podcast, your inside look at news and events from Moose Jaw City Hall. I'm Communications Manager Craig Hemingway, and thank you for joining us on our first episode of 2019, which we're going to call the International Moose Beef Edition. Yes, we will discuss the remarkable story of Mac the Moose and how a fun little challenge has run the gamut from a national, then international story back to some great feel-good local news. And the story is not over yet for our city and tours in Moose Jaw and our friends over in Norway, we believe. Also on this episode, we welcome the new Parks and Recreation Director for the city of Moose Jaw. Derek Blay will join us and talk about his experiences with our national men's hockey team, the Olympics, and the transition from the city of Prince Albert to coming here to Moose Jaw. But first, a quick recap of the Mac the Moose Sensation, which has been called an international moose beef by our friends over in Norway. Of course, it was in 2015, the story first came out that uh, a, a moose taller than Mac had been built in Norway, a beautiful stainless steel structure on a highway uh, between Oslo and another community called Storeldal. And then that was pretty much it. Nobody cared. And then uh, Regina social media stars Justin and Greg made an issue of it a couple weeks back and challenged our mayor, Tommy, to do something about it. So a few days later, Mayor Tommy puts out the call to us and Moose Jaw and Saskatchewan and Canada. What should we do? What could we do to make Mac the Moose the tallest moose statue in the world again? And from there, it just resonated with people all over. It became a matter of national pride, it seemed, and media outlets started picking up the story nationally, then internationally, the BBC and CNN travel, the New York Times, the South China Morning Post, and, and all of these media outlets just thought this was an entertaining story, and then they ran with it. And of course, there was the media conference where Mac the Moose himself issued a statement saying, yes, he wished to become the world's tallest moose statue once again. And where does it go from here? We find out from the Executive Director of Tourism Moose Jaw, Jackie LeRue Mason. We caught up with her recently at her office at the Visitor Center right next to Mac the Moose on Diefenbaker Drive in Moose Jaw. I guess let's start with what have you learned through this process and seeing all of this attention happen and how is that different from anything you might have been a part of before? Um, you know, I've been I've been telling this story quite a bit about when I started, I was very surprised to see how important Mac was to other people. You know, I knew he was cool to Moose Jaw, he's his big guardian of the city, that was awesome. But when you get to be here and have literally more than 100,000 people a year, up to 150,000 people a year, have questions about him and be smiling and taking pictures of him with their family. These are going to be treasured family heirlooms at some point in time. Um, I really understood what it meant to the to the tourist, to the traveler. What I think I didn't actually correlate was how those travelers go home and they take pieces of moose jaw with them. And to see the outpouring of support that we've gotten for Mac over these last two weeks has really hit that point home to me is that people come, they experience moose jaw, whether it is just Mac for, uh, you know, the first time and then they come back to the city or if they've spent time, they take that back with them and, and it means a lot to them. And, and that just warmed my heart. Well, it's clear, clearly awakened uh, an emotional response from people who maybe had never thought about Mac the Moose before, or vaguely you know, knew of him a little bit, but all of a sudden now it's 
it's a Canadian icon and we can't have another country, you know, take that status away from our Canadian icon. It really is, seems to have resonated on that level. Absolutely. I think it, that combination of it being such a feel-good story and it challenging uh, something that we all kind of took for granted. Um, like, while I was aware that he was not the biggest anymore, um, it, it in my heart, that was how I always knew him was as the biggest. And now it's like, well, now we can't ignore it. It's it's right there. And and I think it uh, it's just so nice to have something that pulls us together across this country that isn't a tragedy, that is just um, this this pride uh, blossoming, uh, dig in and, and, you know, break out the hockey stick kind of Canadiana that people just love. Um, just to give a little side story, when uh, Canada had its 150th, we could not believe the number of families that were doing cross-Canada treks specifically for large roadside attractions. Um, and there were at least six or seven talk shows, magazines that, that focused on Mac and, and it was always, he was always coming in as one of the top one or two of the, of those large roadside attractions. And it became very clear that these large roadside attractions was something that was truly, again, very Canadiana. That was not something that a lot of other places or countries uh, focus on. So it's, it's, it did it. it. It went right to that, uh, the patriotism that all of us have. And I find it interesting too, and maybe a touch ironic. I mean, it, it seems that where this recent uh, surge in, in, in attention started was right at the start of the year. Outdoor Canada uh, did a, a story on Mac the Moose and and in that story talked about how this Norwegian moose had taken over the title of World, World's Largest a few years ago and that, that was a significant part of the story. And so of course then they got picked up, picked up by Justin and Greg and then and then here we are today of course. But, but it does speak to before all this huge attention last week and a half, Moose Jaw still is seen as a great tourist location because Outdoor Canada chose Moose Jaw as a spot to do a story on without any of this other context. Absolutely. And I think that's one of the things that, uh, in my position, I get to see that. I'm the one who gets the phone calls. I spoke to Bob at Outdoor Canada and provided him with the bad news that we were no longer number one, which just took him, it made him take his article in a totally different direction, right? Um, and so we do, I get phone calls or emails probably three or four times a week from all over the world of people wanting to talk about Moose Jaw, whether it's our giant moose, whether it's uh, our spa or our tunnels or any of the things that we've built over the last 30 years, uh, it is absolutely still a destination of choice. Um, we've got a map at the front of the, of, the, of the building here that shows where people come from. There's not a country that's untouched that people haven't visited from. And so I think I think that um, when you look at something as iconic as, as Mac is, it's one of those things that, again, resonates, right? It might be the reason that people come. And if it's not the reason, then it is definitely one of those side attractions that people get to take home. And again, these are framed pictures in their living rooms, right? So it's pretty cool. Yeah. And of course, you know, the one picture you reposted was a Canadian uh, sprinter, Andre Degrassi, uh, getting his picture taken with Mac. And of course, that was featured in that, that Superstore commercials so you know so again it's not like people had forgotten about mac but this is just a uh, a reawakening on a whole new level you know it's funny you know and you've, you've been part of some of these uh, conversations that we've had about you know some some things to do for promotions and moose john and it was suggested more than once that we needed to make mac disappear and you know i i always laughed at that one but in a way, we sort of somehow made Mac reappear, even though he's never been gone. And I thought, this is this is so huge that I, I don't know if people really understand the kind of promotion this did provide to our city. To have BBC and CNN and The Guardian and Huffington Post and all of these major publications uh, talking about Moose Jaw all at the same time for the last week 
um, we get to see the responses. There was over 2,000 comments on the New York Times uh, post that was made. And a massive chunk of them were, we love Canadians. Wish we were Canadian. Um, where's Moose Jaw? It looks really cool. I just Googled it. It's kind of amazing. So it's it, it just it gives people that, that, that top of mind awareness that maybe they never thought about coming to Saskatchewan before. But if, uh, if they're thinking about it now, Moose Jaw will be right at the top of their list. Well, Moose Jaw, notorious for many things. And uh, this, uh, this Moose, international Moose beef has uh, made it even more so. So that's exciting. And I know you'll be excited, certainly, I'm sure, to, uh, to track numbers this year and compare uh, to the last couple and see what this may have, may have done for uh, tourism season this year. Well, if this last week is any indication, um, you know, it's a quiet time right now. This is when we get all our real work done. But uh, we have, we couldn't help but notice that the traffic around Mac has been incredible this week. Um, you know, we usually still, even at this time of year, end up with 10, 15 people a day who are coming to take their pictures with Mac. On Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, we were actually having a hard time getting some footage because we were waiting for people to leave. So <laughs> it was it was really cool. And I, and I think once the work gets started, um, I think there's going to be a lot of people who are going to want to take some in-progress pictures and, and, you know, or people who are going to come back and see him after he's, uh, you know, grown a little bit more and and I, I i can't i can't see how this isn't going to improve his his famousness but uh yeah we're we're, we're pretty excited to, to uh see what what this does for us this year and moving on now of course i mean the the attention is still there though starting to dwindle a bit now that we kind of you know the story has gone to what we're do, going to do next and that's going to take a little bit of time and say once the once the circus leaves town well what do you do now we're back on this local level uh, but the local level again has been huge with offers of support uh, to, to get Mac a bigger rack or, or who knows what else depending on uh, on what happens so if you can just catch us up to uh, what those offers have been and who's stepped up already and, and what the plan is yeah this is my favorite thing to talk about um so right out the gates, the very first thing, and it happened all on Twitter, uh, was that Orion, Orion from Orion's Taxidermy, uh, who is an award-winning uh, taxidermist, in fact, won an international award for uh, working on a moose, uh, said, you know what, we can do this. And within seconds, Brent at Evans Excavating uh, offered all the equipment we might possibly need to get up on, and work on those antlers. Um, and then uh, shortly after that, uh, Bryson Burt from Steady Metalworks, who is uh, an artist and a welder, uh, offered to, to his expertise. Uh, so right there, um, like so much of that structural stuff is already taken care of. Um, and then we've got the artists to make it, you know, as awesome as we can. Uh, and then as the, the uh, press conference was going on yesterday, we received uh, an offer for... Um, uh, welding supplies and again these are all things that add up if you if you sit down and add all these things up it's it's astronomical uh, and uh, a possibility we sounds like we made contact with a gentleman who's offered to do professional painting of him and then we just have to cover the costs of the paint which he's got a great new product that uh, will actually insulate Mac which would preserve him for a lot longer um, and then we've actually got one for sure and possibly two offers for engineering which like I said at that point I was like wow we're ready to rock and roll but as you go along you realize hey you know what there's some parts I forgot and I got a phone call from uh, Jamie Logan at Strictly Fences last night who said hey we'll take that fence down and put it back up for you make any repairs no charge and uh, and those kind of things it it 
it just floors me uh, to see people who want to just step up and, 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 you know, show that civic pride, that provincial and national pride to say, you know what, nobody's messing with Mac. We're going to, we're going to all get together and, and make this happen. And as many hands make light work, um, many uh, people pitching in will make this a very reasonable project for us to take on. Um, and, uh, you know, again, you look at the donations that are coming in on the GoFundMe page, uh, corporate donations are starting to roll in now. We've received a thousand dollars from Moose Jaw Ford and twenty five hundred dollars from Sycamore Energy Inc. And uh, that's a brand new company. They haven't even set up shop in Moose Jaw yet, and they are just excited by the passion that we have in this community spirit that that we are so well known for. And I think for me, that's what means the most is this idea of sure they're going to stop and take a picture with the moose, but when they've heard about this community and what we've done together and being really as you said to use your word notoriously famous for our generosity and 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 getting together in this community spirit they're going to want to see what that's all about because it's that's not a standard of uh, of a lot of communities and 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 i think we've got lots to be proud of for that we certainly do and thank you for your time jackie Lee mason executive director of tours in moose jaw uh one final thing we assume timeline is really weather dependent absolutely yeah so the the engineering report we're hoping to get that started in the next week to 10 days um obviously that's going to require boring some holes into max so we just have to see if the weather if it's too cold we might have to hold that off so that we don't cause any you know unnecessary damage to him but then after that um our dream team has said that as soon as the weather is ready to rock and roll they're getting started well our thanks to jackie and the entire tourism moose job board of course they are caretakers of mac the moose and have been for the last 15 years and we know uh, with their guidance and stewardship with all this other great community support uh, we're on the verge of something special uh come springtime with mac the moose we believe Still to come, we will speak with Derek Blade, the new Parks and Recreation Director for the City of Moose Jaw. But speaking of Parks and Rec, it is that time of year again where there are boulevard trees available for newer subdivisions here in Moose Jaw. And uh, a new wrinkle thrown in this year as well. Properties in West Park, West Heath, and Iron Bridge are eligible to receive up to two free boulevard trees from the city of Moose Jaw. And this year, there are actually two new tree options from which to choose. Homeowners can pick an alder or spring snow crabapple tree to go along with the, the wide variety of trees that are still available. And it's pretty simple to make that happen. You just get a hold of the Parks and Recreation Department and they can guide you through that process. But the deadline to apply for those subdivision trees is February 11th. So find more information at moosejaw.ca or call Parks and Rec 694-4447. And yes, the new Parks and Recreation Director for the City of Moose Jaw hired uh, a few months ago, but at that time he was uh, working for the City of Prince Albert and, uh, you know, needed to tie up some loose ends. And in the meantime, also... Um, have a new baby, he and his wife. So it's been a busy time for Derek Blay, but it's spelled B-L-A-I-S, so we had to confirm with Derek first and foremost, how do we pronounce your last name? Blay or Blaze? Uh, Blay. Derek Blay. B -L -A -I -S. If you ask my wife, though, it's Blaze. So <laughs> I, either one works. So you don't care? Nope. I have no preference at all. Well, hey, welcome to Moose Jaw. Um, coming here from the city of Prince Albert. Uh, I guess it's been probably a whirlwind for you here because there's been so much going on in your life. New job and new baby. Tell us about this. Yeah, we had our, our third child at the, uh, I guess, middle of November. Um, so things are pretty busy uh, at home. Um, I also have a four-year-old and a 20-month-old. Uh, so um, definitely keep my, my wife on her toes, that's for sure. Yeah, no kidding. You must be... Uh 
really anticipating, looking forward to getting everybody settled in, in, in here and in a new place in Moose Jaw and that sort of thing. So especially, again, with the starting a new job, things have been a little uh, interesting for you, probably, to say the least. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, we're just uh, we're just hoping that our house in Prince Albert sells here real soon, so I can get the whole crew down here. I know they're very excited uh, to come down. My son doesn't stop talking about it, and my wife's uh, also really excited to get here. So um, they're actually coming down here to spend some time with me this week. So I'm looking forward to that as well. I guess so. Well, listen, welcome again to the city of Moose Jaw. Congratulations on the new uh, job. Uh, what was it about uh, this city, uh, this job, that appealed to you? I think there's a lot of things I did uh, when it came up. I did, I did a lot of research. I spoke to a lot of people, and everything that came back to me was positive. Which there's not one person that said anything bad about the city. The common comments were, "What a beautiful city, great people, things like that." And then former directors also talked about the team, the Parks and Recreation team, fantastic leadership team in place. Um, so, you know what? That's uh, considering all of that stuff is like. Why not? Like, it's a great place to raise a family. Um, I have a young family. Um, we're in. We're in here for the long haul. We hope so. Um, yeah, we're just excited about that. You're a small town guy, Debden, Saskatchewan. Where is Debden again? Yeah, it's about. It's an hour northwest of Prince Albert. Um, it's uh, mostly a farming community. Uh, I think I had a graduating high school class of about 15 people. So. Um, it's, a, it's also a French community. Uh, funny enough, I, my first language was French. Didn't learn how to speak English until I went to, to school. Um, so it's a, it's a French community, and it's, yeah, it's a great place to grow up. Kind of the, the Gravelberg of the Northwest. You betcha, yeah. <laughs> uh, Debden, uh, according to uh, the, the town website, a small community with big hearts, so not uh, too dissimilar from uh, the friendly city here in Moose Jaw. Yeah, I know, for sure. <laughs> a lot of similarities. So, of course, uh, like any uh, Saskatchewan boy, played a lot of hockey and a pretty accomplished hockey player, I guess. And that, of course, led to uh, a great experience with Hockey Canada. So kind of take us through uh, some of your junior hockey and how that led to uh, getting some of those other opportunities. Yeah, I, uh, I moved away from home at the age of uh, 16 to play uh, midget triple-A hockey in North Battleford. Um, from there, I went on to play junior A in Flint. Flon. Um, was fortunate to be the captain my, my last year there and had a phenomenal experience in Flin Flon. Uh, from there I went on to play at Mount Royal College in, um, in Calgary for four years where I got uh, my education. Um, and while at Mount Royal I had a, a summer internship with Hockey Canada, um, which kind of led to my career after school. I, a summer internship turned into two one-year contracts, which turned into a coordinator role, which eventually turned into a manager role. Um, in quite a short period of time. So, um, yeah, hockey has definitely uh, it's taken me a few places. Uh, with the, my role at Hockey Canada, I was able to, to travel our country and travel the world. Um, been to many events for, across the country, um, and then across the ponds of Germany, Switzerland, Finland, Sweden, Russia many times, uh, Belarus, all these different countries. So it was fantastic experience. No kidding. Uh, so your role with Hockey Canada, I guess, take us through some of your responsibilities. Yeah, I was, I was in the national team department, focusing on the men's national teams. Um, as the manager of hockey operations, basically taking care of all the team logistics. Uh, I primarily worked with the national junior team when I first started and then graduated into the men's teams. So with the men's world championship teams, uh, Deutschland Cup, and then uh, the Olympics to kind of top it all off. Um, so yeah, all 
basically taking care of the players and all the staff, their flights, their meals, all their ice times, working with our equipment managers, making sure all the proper equipment was in, all the medical supplies were in, making sure the coaches had everything they needed, um, and then also working with players' families. Um, we had a, a family program with all the national teams where all the families are have an opportunity to, to join them. And so a lot of, lot of planning. No kidding, and that's a hugely significant role. I mean, all all those things are, you know, again the behind the scenes things that fans, you know, we don't really think about uh, that are important. But you know, some of those things go wrong, and that could cause chaos. Oh yeah, and and Canada really do, does it well. Like we go to Russia, we'd bring our own chefs, we'd be shipping our own food over. We'd there's really no stone left unturned. Um, we went to Sochi. We basically grabbed, went to Athletes Village, and we turned it into our own. We had. A lot of the history of the Olympics, a lot of pictures up in there. People walked in there and they just they got the chills because you felt the history of Canadian hockey and things like that. So there's Hockey Canada does a tremendous job at uh, making the players and the staff feel comfortable so that their only um, worry is just on the ice and their performance. So what point um, did you leave Hockey Canada and what took you away from there? Yeah, so I, uh, I left Hockey Canada in June of 2014. Um, the uh, shortly after the Olympics, uh, I had met my wife, who's actually also from Debden. Or sorry, we we met before, but shortly after, we started talking about a possible move back home. Um, we both grew up in Saskatchewan and Debden area, um, close to Prince Albert. So uh, we started talking about that. I went and worked um, pr- right before I left for the men's world championship that year in Belarus. I had an interview in Prince Albert for the recreation manager position. Um, and something I was really interested in. That's what I went to school to do. That was my goal, I guess, on the onset was to be a rec director um, in, back here in Saskatchewan. So I was fortunate enough to get that job, got back from Belarus and packed up and moved the family to Prince Albert. Um, or not family, my wife and I at the time. And uh, I think we had our, our son uh, two weeks after I started in Prince Albert. So she, I think she was nine months pregnant when we made the move. And But it all worked out. and. Had some great experiences in Prince Albert as the recreation manager. Fantastic. Um, so now as we mentioned, you know, coming here to Moose Jaw, you touched base on some of the things that brought you here. Um, a lot of great facilities, a lot of great parks here in Moose Jaw. What was your familiarity with uh, some of those things before coming here? You know what? Not a whole lot of familiarity. Um, came here as a hockey player. Used to come play in the crash can, just kind of in and out. Um, and then we did actually came come here for uh, I believe it was my grandma's 90th birthday. It was kind of a central location where all the family met, and that's when we did all the tours. And that's when I kind of got a taste of what the downtown was all about, and the Al Capone and all that kind of all the touristy things to do here in Moose Jaw. And um, besides that, that was really um, my only experience here in the city. But positive enough that uh, when this came open, you were able to put uh, some mental links together and go. Yeah, when I came down here for my interview, I'd, I really took an opportunity to tour the city, have a real good look. And then, like as I mentioned before, I, I spoke to a lot of people. I did a lot of research on it. It wasn't an easy decision because I was leaving an area that was pretty much my hometown. So it's... Uh, they did a great job for because it took a, it would took it took a lot for us to leave Prince Albert and Musha. Yeah, is was very attractive to us. We've only been here uh, about a week now, um, so maybe a little too early to ask this. But do you have any uh, overall goals for uh, the department? Yeah, I think there's a, few, there's a few things that we'll need to have a look, a look at here pretty quick, and one of them is plan. I, I, I don't see any kind of master plan when it comes to our facilities, to our programs, to our parks, to our trails, those kinds of different things. It'd be good to get some sort of long-range plans in place. 
um, to help move us forward. Um, that's one of them. Um, immediate goals right now is just I'm trying to get them to know our team. Um, that's being a hockey guy. I'm all about the team. So we got to function as a team. So in order to do that, I got to know all of them. So we're just sitting down with every person and just getting to know them personally and professionally and how we're going to work together. And that's a big part of it. For sure. I mean, dozens and dozens in, in just the, the, the parks and recreation department alone to, to try and get familiar with and, and then not to mention everybody else around city hall. I mean, only, you know, 400 employees or so to, yeah. <laughs> that are all part of the team, right? Yeah, you betcha. No. Well, Derek Blay, it's great to have you here in Moose Jaw as the Parks and Recreation Director. And I know uh, as some other programs and, and different things come online, we'll be getting you back on here to, to explain those to uh, the folks in Moose Jaw. Yeah, thanks a lot. That is Derek Blay, the new Parks and Recreation Director for the City of Moose Jaw. Thank you for listening to the Friendly City Insider Podcast this week. If you have any questions uh, you'd like answered on the podcast by somebody from City Administration, by all means, you can do that. Just email me, chemingway at moosejaw.ca.